Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul promoting pathological positivity today at Live on Purpose Radio with another fantastic guest. This is a friend of mine. He's also become a mentor of mine in many ways. I've been twisting his arm for months to get him on the show. (laughs) Actually, it's more of a scheduling issue. But I'd like to welcome to Live on Purpose Radio today... Ty Bennett. Well, Welcome, thank you. Ty. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thrilled that you're here. Well, I apologize it's taken so long to do it, but I'm a fan of the show, so I'm excited to be here. You know what? It's, it's a good reason that you have had a hard time getting here, because you're busy. Yeah, life is busy. It's good. It, All good, but very it's busy. It's good stuff. In fact, the last time you canceled on me, it was to be a dad. <laughs> and I'm going to throw my support behind that any old day. Well, I agree. That was the most important reason that I canceled. The other yeah. time's probably less important. But Well, sometimes I get bumped for clients or speaking engagements. and Those things and happen. that's okay, too. And I think one time it was a remodeling issue on your house. You know, this has been a funny year. We've remodeled. <laughs> we, we have a baby. We've had all sorts of things yeah. going on busy travel schedule, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. great to be here. Excited to spend a few minutes with you. And for our listeners' benefit, I know some of our listeners are going to know who you are immediately because I talk quite a bit about the National Speakers Association and my affiliation. A lot of my guests come from there. And Ty is a past president of our Mountain West chapter of the National Speakers Association. Um, also, a very successful speaker, leadership trainer, presenter, author. You've got a couple of books out. The most recent one that I'm aware of is The Power of Storytelling. Yes. Which I really enjoyed. Some some nice nuggets in there, folks. If you're in a position where you do presentations or have a position of influence of any kind, this is an amazing, helpful tool book. Thank you. Power I, of Storytelling. That's what I wanted it to be. I mean, ultimately... I think mm-hmm. we all communicate a message, and stories resonate with people, right. and I wanted to break it down and share some real tangible ideas, so I'm glad to hear that that's how you received it as well. Yes, and it, it, for me personally, it's a useful tool, and I think our listeners will find it to be as well. Good. And then another book, uh, The Power of Influence, and this was your first book, right? It was, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know interesting still doing amazingly well in terms of sales, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, reception from people. And uh, nice. it's the topic that I speak on the most. As I'm out speaking to sales and leadership groups, I talk a lot about right. the concepts from the power of influence. And that's kind of what you're known for as well. That's what's what's got you a lot of traction in the leadership area. Yeah. I, I, my approach to leadership with my background, I, I built a business in direct sales. And so mm-hmm. I really come at the leadership perspective from the sales side. It's really the people side. I'm not your strategy or organizational design Mm. kind of guy. I'm Mm -hmm. really, how do you build influence with your people? How do you lead in a way that you engender commitment 
and partnership with your people? Mm. How do you get people fully engaged? How do you use that influence in a positive way from a sales perspective or from a leadership perspective? That's right. That's really what I'm all about. Yes. And we're talking more about that today. You've got another book in the works. I do. Working with... Uh, I have two books in the works. That's the problem. But uh, oh, just two now. Yeah, uh, one of them I'm doing on my own. It's another leadership book. That oh, great! I'll uh, give you the name just because I kind of referenced it. But m- the name is Partnership is the New Leadership. Oh, and uh, I'm excited about the the research that I've been doing and uh-huh. the companies and leaders that I've been able to study. It's pretty fun. But I think what you're referring to is I'm writing a, a book with two friends of ours that you've had on the show. They've already been on the show, Ty. Awesome. You've finally come to the table uh, here. No, I'm <laughs> trying to catch up to the two. I'm always trying to catch up to the two of them. That's the truth. And that's Chad Hymas and Don Yeager. And Don Yeager, yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so the three of us, if you thought it was hard to get me here, imagine the three of us trying to get Getting together the three of you <laughs> to, <laughs> to write this book. We mm. finally have nailed down some days and we spent some time really masterminding this whole mm-hmm. thing. And it's a fun process. Those two are amazing individuals. They I, really I are. just am blown away by their insight and their mm-hmm. energy. You know what? That's one of the keys, I think, to becoming an influential leader. Hang out with influential people. I, I think it's huge. You know, the power of association and Don Yeager, you know, as we're talking about Don, he always mm-hmm. talks about that was the key lesson that coach John Wooden would always reinforce to him. Mm-hmm. The way he said it is that, you know, you never outperform your inner circle. Right. You probably heard you're the average of your five closest friends or the people you spend the most time around. But mm-hmm. I have been greatly benefited by association with amazing people. I, it just, it changes your psychology you start to see the world differently. Yeah. You start to vision things at a bigger level. I mean, it's just amazing that, you know, you hear quotes from millionaires who say when they hang out with billionaires, they're just playing too small, right? And for some of us, we're like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> let me just get to yeah. step one. Right. But it it changes your outlook on life. It, it starts, it helps you to see what is possible. And I agree. Mm-hmm. And not only seeing the world differently, but seeing yourself differently. And that's a big piece of it. I, you know, ultimately your belief drives your actions. And mm-hmm. so if you believe that you're capable of doing amazing things, if you have a positive approach to it and, and how you approach it, if you truly believe in yourself, that sets you apart. And mm-hmm. it's a huge piece. So Ty, I'm going to ask you a question that you've heard before. Why should we listen to you? <laughs> Uh, you know, the funny thing is I had a woman literally ask me that on an airplane one time, Uh Uh, the way she said it in a more blunt fashion was why in the world would anyone hire you to speak to them? (laughs) And I was taken (laughs) aback a little bit. Uh, my answer jokingly was cause I'm amazing. (laughs) And she laughed. It's a good answer. We had, we had a good conversation, but, uh, here's the thing for me, I'm very clear on who I am and what I'm about. Mm-hmm. I love your approach mm-hmm. that purpose drives it. And that's actually what the book Chad and Don and I are writing is about finding your purpose. I think it's so awesome. key for people. I think we often live our lives in ways where we're just, we're just reacting and just floating. And we just, we don't intentionally create what we're supposed to be here to do. Mm-hmm. I, I've known since I was a little kid that I was here to make a difference. And I think my parents probably had, part in, in distilling that belief in me and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the beliefs that I have, but 
I'm fairly young. I'm 33 years old. Uh, but from a business perspective, over the last decade, my you know the business I referred to, my brother and I built a business that does over 20 million a year in annual sales. And pretty sizable business. It's been mm-hmm. successful. And you know I've had a chance to work with and speak to some of the biggest name companies in the world and and really be around those leaders and get a chance to dissect it from that perspective. I and I believe I truly have some insights that I can share with people that help them to be more influential in what they do. And, and I think that's one of my talents that I've uncovered in the process is I'm good at breaking things down in tangible forms to be able to look at something and analyze it and say, here's the takeaway that you and I can use and apply Mm -hmm. from that. And uh, ultimately that's what I get a chance to do as I'm coaching and speaking and working with groups. Right. You've shared many of those with me. And of course you share these in your books we have a few minutes here today to pick a few of those. Okay. What are some of the key points, Ty? What is it that that creates an, an influential leader? What have you learned? I think the overarching theme, if if you look at what the thesis of my book, The Power of Influence, is, mm-hmm. as simple as this sounds, is leadership is not about you. It's about the people that you lead. And that, that sounds simple because everybody yeah. goes, obviously. Duh. But in practice, nobody does it. Right. And it, we don't because we're selfish people. Well, I nobody meaning the unsuccessful leaders. Yeah, we, right. we really don't because we get stuck in situations where we say we're in it for the whole, but we make choices that benefit us the most. Mm-hmm. Or we're, we love and care for our people, and yet we don't invest any time and consideration to actually develop a friendship with our people. If you're the manager of a group and you obviously hold a position of influence, the problem is people don't follow titles, they follow people. Right. The difference between someone with influence and someone with a title or position is the commitment they engender in their people. And you see that across mm. the board. It's, it, it takes a different approach when you truly believe that your leadership responsibility is to and for your people. In essence, you don't exist without them. I mean, think about it. I can't be influential over anybody if people aren't following me. That's right. Uh, Influence doesn't exist. So that to me is the theme. And I've learned that the hard way multiple times where Mm. I've had experiences where I've gone, wow, I am really coming across the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Or even just that my intention, my thought process is wrong because of how I'm approaching something. But when you understand that premise, then I think you can go, okay, I get that. I truly care about my people. I truly want to partner with them. I want to build relationships. I want to approach it that way. Then we can get into some tangible keys on how you do that. What are action steps that you Mm -hmm. put to that that can help to build that influence? So without that foundation, any techniques or strategies would probably be at best manipulation. Well, and that's the that's the big key, right? And manipulation works many times for a lot of people, but Mm -hmm. not long-term. Right. It's not sustainable. Manipulation is transactional. It's not sustainable. Right. And so you may be a great salesperson. You're great at communicating. You're great at doing that. But if you're not selling used cars where you're never going to see the person again, you're probably going to struggle because most sales positions are relationship-based. You want to have repeat business. You want to have referrals. You want to have a good experience. You want to have Mm. that position of influence. And so it can't be based on manipulation. It has to be based on genuine influence. So what 
what would be the way to get there? So there's multiple ways, I think, multiple ideas. One that I really encourage people to do is is to invest in people. Now, when I say the word mm. invest, most people think money, and I don't mean money. I want you to, when, I, when you invest in people, you invest more than anything, you invest time. Now, think about it in terms of money as a relative term where time is an absolute term, right? To you and I, we may have different feelings about money. Mm-hmm. If you make a lot of money, $500 may not be worth that much to you, and it may be worth a lot to me. It's relative to every single person out there. Sure. Where time is absolute. We both have the same amount of time. We both choose to spend it the way that we choose to spend it. And so when I invest time into somebody, it has bigger weight. Mm. Just the same way as if we sat down today and you said, you know, Ty, tell me what you did over the weekend. I could say, you know, I, I donated $500 to a charity. And one, you'd probably go, why in the world are you telling me that? I mean, <laughs> why are you bragging about it? Uh, two, it just doesn't mean as much because I just gave something. And again, it's a relative term. But if I were to say I spent my Saturday building homes for Habitat for Humanity, you'd go, cool. Wow because I donate mm-hmm. my time, right? So when we invest in people, we're donating time in specific ways. And, and I think that makes us stand out. It makes us unique. It really does send a message, doesn't it? Yeah. Number one, that you care. Uh-huh. I mean, we all say, oh, I love my people. Do you? Do you know them? Do you actually talk to them? Do you spend time with them? Or do you just send a mass email to your group and to your organization so this is our goal for the month? What, do you actually invest in people? Do they mm-hmm. feel that investment? Do they feel like you're there as a mentor? Are you actually spending unique, individual, quality one-on-one time? Now, depending on the size of the organization, you can't do that across the board. You can't invest in everybody. We don't have enough time to do that. It's not feasible from that standpoint that you can invest in everybody. But there are key people that you should invest in every day. Right. As you're talking about this time, realizing this is about leadership in corporations, It's also about relationships and families. We're going to have time to discuss a few more points as we come back. Everybody stay with us. You've heard the question a hundred times. Is the glass half empty or half full? If we are in negativity mode, we see the glass as half empty. Anyone can see it's half empty. When we are feeling negative, we focus on what is missing and lament the lack of water in the glass. When we are feeling more positive, we see the glass is half full. Of course it is half full. Anyone can see that. We focus on what we desire and celebrate the presence of water. Then there are those who see it as completely full all the time. These seemingly crazy people are not just positive. They are pathologically positive. Pathological positivity is an empowering mental supernormality that lifts us above the normal perception of reality. It is a higher level of thinking. We see the glass and our lives as completely full, even in the toughest situations. If you've enjoyed Live On Purpose Radio, then you will love Dr. Paul Jenkins' book on pathological positivity. Available now to order, visit pathologicalpositivity.com to get your copy today. That's pathologicalpositivity.com. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R. 
drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com In a time of drastic change, it is the learners who inherit the future. The learned usually find themselves equipped to live in a world that no longer exists. Eric Hoffer So, Ty, you got us started. <laughs> uh, that foundational principle, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about the people that you lead or influence. The real key. That's one of the weird oxymorons of life, I think, mm-hmm. is to figure out that, that concept. Is, mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're a doormat. That doesn't mean that you get trampled all over. That just simply means that you approach it from a position of partnership, a position of trying to create win-win situations where you're not trying to get ahead by stepping over other people. You're trying to grow right. with people. And, and that's what has to actually happen. If you think about sustainability, that only happens by ability. You may get a promotion that you didn't deserve, but if you hmm. develop a skill set, you've built that skill set. Nobody can take that away from you. And so you have... And an ability to sustain yourself that way. We have to grow into who we are. And mm-hmm. a huge piece of that is getting over the fact that, you know, it's not all about us. Right. It's, it's easy to get caught in that pride trap where a title or a position or something means so much. And look how interesting I am to everybody. Um, we all do it. <laughs> and I talk about it and I, I know I do it all the time. I'm sure. You still do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You say that like you're accusing me, and you're probably right. So, no, call, well, me, call me out on it when you see that. That's the point, Ty. We all do it. Yeah. I do, too. We do. But being aware of it puts us in position where we have some level of choice. Is this okay with me? And you talked about investing in people, not necessarily with money. In fact, that's probably the worst way to do it. Yeah. But with your time. I've, in fact, hang on. I just reached behind me and picked up a card that I got from Karen Jacobson. You know Karen. Yeah, she's great. Um, the president of the New York chapter of the National Speakers Association. She was on my show a few weeks ago, the GPS girl. Yeah. And what I'm holding in my hand, folks, is a handwritten card. It says, Paul, thank you for having me on the show. She took her time to write this. And put it in the mail and send it to me. Which is funny because that's, you know, old school now has become unique, right? So mm. instead of just sending a text or an email, that stands out and it's some, and it's, it's different. It's an investment because it's not something everybody does. And it felt like an investment in me. And that, to me, I think is the biggest key is... right. People ask me all the time, well, what are all the ways I can invest? There's a billion ways you can invest in your people. 
the biggest key is does it feel do your people take that investment the way you took that investment and say wow she made an effort he made an effort because that's when it starts to build trust and a relationship and influence yes this influence is is not about being an amazing person in fact you talk about this about being interesting what is that point so years ago i actually had a friend who we 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 live here in utah i grew up in colorado we had a family friend who their daughter moved here to go to school mm-hmm. in utah and she called me one day out of the blue and asked if she could meet with me talk to me i'd get some advice i i kind of figured she wanted to start a business or something i didn't know why we were meeting and Mm-hmm. I asked her what was going on when we sat down and she said, you know, I'm really not happy. And I was kind of taken aback. I, I had no idea that this is why she was meeting with me. And I said, what do you yeah. mean? So she started explaining, you know, she was a freshman in college, wasn't dating much, wasn't making friends. She was just having a hard time. And as I listened to her over about five minute period, I would say she said this phrase four or five times. She said, I just wish I was more interesting. Mm. I, wish, I wish people wanted to get to know me better. I wish they'd reach out to me. Right. And the truth is we've all felt that at times, yeah, right? It makes we us wish feel important. we wish somebody would pay attention to sure. us, notice us. Sure. And at the end she asked for my advice and that phrase just stuck out to me. And so all I came up with what I told her, I said, I want you to focus on being interested, not interesting. Mm. Because being interesting is all about you, but being interested is all about them. And I made her a promise that day. I said, I promise you, you will date more in the next two months. You will make more (laughs) friends in the next two months than you would in the next two years if you'll focus on being interested rather than interesting. And if you're listening and you're in a business, you know, Paul, Mm -hmm. with your clients, I could promise Mm -hmm. you in the next two months, you'll have more influence than you would in the next two years by by making that switch. So what does that mean? It means that you learn how to ask questions better means that you actively listen not listen to respond but listen to understand really get people Mm. it means that you're present in conversations we're all guilty of having conversations where we're so distracted the other person listening is going why am i talking to this person this is so dumb and it's more counterproductive than helpful right they leave that conversation feeling worse about you than good about you even though you had the conversation it would have been better if you just didn't have the conversation there's lots of ways that can be applied but it's it's just that shift. It's the, the way that we approach that. One big thing for me in the sales process, and a great application of this, when I first started in sales, I believed that the person talking controlled the conversation. I uh, truly believed that. And so yeah. I would, in many cases, so if that was my belief, what did I do? In many cases, I would talk over people. Keep the floor. In many cases, I would drive the conversation the way I thought it should go and where I thought it should go. And right. I didn't handle their objections. I didn't let them share their concerns. And I wasn't that successful at it. What I've learned mm. is that it's the person who's asking the questions who controls the conversation. Right. And so it changed the nature of my conversations as opposed to just giving presentations where it was basically a monologue, me talking at you. And at the end saying, do you have any questions? And you go, no, I'm good. And I never got anybody to buy from me to having a conversation with engagement and with interaction because I was focused on you instead of being focused on me. I had this very experience just a few weeks ago, a sales presentation in my home. Hmm. So it was one of those private sales presentations. You've probably all had them before. And as I'm sitting there listening to this guy, 
my listening, I was politely being quiet while he gave his scripted monologue. Yeah. And and I I found myself wondering, am I necessary here? <laughs> am I even relevant? Which is not what you want to, to this meeting, to think, right? Right. But and and so I was in that seat and realizing this this man has no influence with me. The only objective on my mind was to be quiet long enough that he would finally shut up and leave. And the sad part is you may have wanted what he had and he will never know. Oh, possibly. And the majority yeah. of salespeople do that, and we do that in leadership roles. We do that often as parents. We do that often as in with our spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when we're focused on being interesting, we have an agenda, and that's what we're going to share. That's right. And if we can get over ourselves a little bit, make it about the other person, we just open up a whole new world, and it's amazing what influence can do in that situation. If you're in sales, it changes it. it without engagement, there's never an influence. If I don't engage you in conversation and dialogue and truly discussing what I'm selling, you are not going mm-hmm. to buy it. You're not going right. to listen to my scripted spiel and then go, great, sign me up, right? So, or take action on my idea or move forward with right. the vision that I'm giving to my team, they may not buy into it and we've, I've got to get them involved. So whatever my agenda is, if I'm that salesperson, if I'm that leader, if I'm that parent, whatever my agenda is, is kind of irrelevant until that person knows that I care about them, that I'm connected to them, that I'm listening to them. Well, there's an old saying that we've all probably heard that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Mm-hmm. What are they saying? If, if I don't trust you, I will probably not do business with you. If I don't trust you, I probably true. won't buy from you. If I don't trust you as my parent, I probably won't follow what you say or really take your advice. That's right. And so if I come in and I, I'll give you just the funniest example to me. Hmm. Um, we were at some, I'm just going to say distant relatives. They weren't that distant, but just for sake of it. They may be uh, listening. And uh, we were visiting. I have four little kids. My mm-hmm. five-year-old at the time shared, he sang the States song for them, right? So he had oh. memorized all the States in a row, right? He yeah, I remember that song. The automatic response of the 51-year-old who was sitting there was, uh-huh. well, you know what I can do? And he was like one-upping my five-year-old. <laughs> and I'm going, are you serious? But we do that. That's probably like wow. huge example, extreme example, right? Yeah. We do that in multiple ways. In an effort yeah. to relate, we often one-up other people. Why? There's no reason to. It actually really <laughs> hurts us. But, but we think but it we think, makes well, us I more relate. interesting. So you tell me a story, and I go, Paul, oh my gosh, the same thing happened to me. And how does that actually make you feel? It doesn't make you feel like, wow, we're connecting. It makes you feel like you don't care. You just want to move the conversation back to yourself. Mm. But if I acknowledge it and go, that's amazing, that's Tell me more about that. And you dive into it more. It yeah. may lead to my my experience. It may not. Possibly. But sometimes I need to be okay that it doesn't have to. Right. And that's okay. That's right. <laughs> it's just funny. This And human nature kind of includes this little one-up thing. 
Oh, yeah, all the time. I think it has something to do with our psychological survival or something. You would know more about that than I do. But. We, have to, <laughs> we have to feel important well, somehow, which relevant. Which is good. We want to, yeah. and we all need that. Here's, at the end of the day, what makes me feel relevant is that people really listen and take action on my ideas. I've found that it's easier if I approach it being interested in them as opposed to trying to force my ideas down their throat. But it's not even so much that it's your ideas. It's that the ideas that you're sharing with them, you already know through your own experience, have the power to improve their lives if they will apply them. Is that fair? Exactly. So it, it could be part of the problem if we get too focused on, I've got this wonderful idea and you need to listen to me, even if it's true. You know, the interesting thing that just came to mind for me is I think a lot of times we look at this concept we're talking about is is ego, right? People typically, we deal with pride in that. I think a lot of times it's apathy. I think a lot of times Mm. to invest in people, to focus on being interested, to learn how to ask questions, to make it about them, it requires a level of patience, diligence, and energy and output that most people don't put into it. And so sometimes it's not ego that hurts people, although it does. Sometimes it's just simple laziness, human apathy. Or apathy that extends to, I don't really care about you, Mm -hmm. which sounds so harsh, but what if we're communicating that? I think in many instances we are. Ty, you've got some, some amazing insights. And it's because you've taken the time to pay attention and to listen and to learn things from some powerful leaders throughout this country and other countries. <laughs> um, you're willing to share your your experience with people in a couple of forms. Your books, obviously, we've shared that. Yeah. You've got a website. Yeah, just my name, tybennett.com. Okay. Uh, I'll spell it just because people may Good know. idea. I get Ty <laughs> spelled a lot of ways, but it's just simple. T-Y-B-E-N-N-E-T-T dot com. So Ty Bennett You can find me, com. connect with me, learn, see a lot on that site. Wonderful. We'll put a link up on our blog site too. Cool. Thank you. To lead people to that. And through the website, folks, you can get connected with, with Ty's speaking schedule, see where he is. You might want to pop in and listen at some point mm-hmm. if you have a chance. Uh, the books, there's some videos there on your site, just uh, some amazing things there that will help you to connect to this idea. The power of influence and being interested rather than interesting. Ty, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's time to live on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>